Thanks, Scott Shannon, and thank you for uh, being with us. Toll-free, telephone number 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? We got more border madness that we will be uh, talking about today. The latest on the MLB boycott based on nothing but lies. Uh, Joe Biden's radical agenda now moves forward in, in more ways than I can even explain to you. Uh, you know, it's amazing. And and this is uh, there was an announcement today. America First, the new organization Mark Meadows and uh, Stephen Miller are partnering with with some others. And that is to challenge legally these actions, especially executive actions and illegal unconstitutional actions of the Biden White House. And I'm sure and certain that Biden now bypassing a co-equal branch of government for another time on this issue of guns and gun control and your Second Amendment. By the way, he was fumbling all over the place. Did we get we're able to pull that tape yet, guys? Did you find that? Uh, What's that? I can't hear anybody. We have. All right. Let's this is Joe announcing earlier today. I mean, fumbling all over the place, barely. I I mean, this you decide for yourself. Put it up. Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute, absolutely determined, as Murphy and others are, to get this done. A stabilizing brace hook and a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate. The second action we're going to, the second action we're going to take, finally, the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the key agency enforcing gun laws, hasn't had a permanent director since 2015. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. An anti-gun radical. Now, first of all, it's unconstitutional. All these actions bypass the legislative branch of government, a co-equal branch of government. Now, it's about time that that third branch of government, the judicial branch of government, step in and stop these illegal, unconstitutional actions of Biden. Hopefully that'll now begin to happen. You know, the stop the proliferation of ghost guns, criminals buying kits containing nearly all of the components. Okay, if if you cannot, I'm telling you right now, people think that the fundamental flaw in the mind of the left as it relates to the second amendment and firearms is that criminals it's predicated on this idea that criminals follow laws. They do not, they make up their own laws. They pay attention to no laws. And there is a a pretty simple, easy ability to go out and, and develop weapons that can hurt other people fairly, fairly easily. As we pointed out, you know, Amazon canceling, you know, left and right conservatives, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you could still go there and buy Mein Kampf and the anarchist cookbook with detailed instructions on how to build bombs. Something I've talked about for, you know, 20 years ago, and it's still available. But the idea, the liberal, the left, they think firearms somehow are wrong. You know, we will just ignore the, the thousands of occasions every year that occur 
and we've highlighted many of them over the years on this show, too, were law-abiding Americans because of their right to keep and to bear arms that should not be infringed. That would be an absolute right. Joe, you're not a constitutional attorney. Anyway, so the idea that these ghost guns exist, you can't just go around selling guns that don't have serial numbers. Dana Lash made a good point about that last night on Hannity. You know, they're going to propose a rule to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short barrel rifle. What they're not understanding is that many of these parts, if people want them, they're easily buildable. Remember, drug dealers have no problem building meth labs, and I doubt they have chemistry degrees from MIT or Harvard. But they're still able to do it, and it's poison, regardless of how it all turns out. You know, the red flag legislation for states. The administration is investing in evidence-based community violent interventions. What does that even mean? An annual report on firearms trafficking. Well, I mean, if they cared so much, maybe they'd secure our southern border where a lot of opioid trafficking goes on and a lot of gang members come in from our southern border. Matter of fact, we just had another instance that took place and everybody should pay very close attention to this Uh, down at the border. We've had terrorists now on the FBI's terror watch list. They they have been captured at the southern border. Now we have. You know, gang members being caught at the southern border. And I don't see Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or anybody else. MS-13 gang member caught entering the U.S. illegally. 28-year-old man from El Salvador will be deported. One of the few people that will be actually deported. Finally, Texas and Louisiana are suing Joe Biden for sanctuary country and offering the freeing of illegal immigrants into the U.S., you know, they're now transporting all of these illegal immigrants to every state in the country, in the union. What are the states supposed to do at this point, considering they were aided and abetted by the president of the United States and his administration? You know, you have migrant smugglers now using groups of children to divert Border Patrol from adults crossing into the U.S. and then for the cartels and the drug dealers and the drug traffickers and human traffickers while all of that distraction is going on and all those resources are being used well the next thing they're doing is they're they're just sneaking in at a different point in the border undetected that's not good you know last night a pretty powerful press conference by the texas governor he'll join us on hannity tonight governor abbott blaming biden as allegations emerge of sexual assault at one of these child migrant facilities. Now, before we get to that specific charge, we've already reported in great detail the perilous journey and how these cartels and coyotes and, and gang members, that they've been abusing the migrants and shaking them down financially. There's been great violence and rape and everything else that you could imagine happening, but considering what you're dealing with here. The journey itself, this has been happening. If any American ever ran a daycare center and we had the same images as Joe's cages down at the border with kids in it, in the middle of a pandemic, on top of each other, the way they're on top of each other. If those images ever emerged in any town, any city in this country, in a daycare center, 
Well, I could tell you immediately Child Protective Services would shut it down and that the owners and operators would be arrested and charged with child abuse. And that's pretty much what Governor Abbott was saying yesterday. Now, remember, they've been keeping his Child Protective Services out of these child unaccompanied minor facilities, just like they put a gag order on Border Patrol agents just like they have prevented the media from showing images because they've been wanting to hide the cages that they're putting these kids in. Anyway, Abbott said these allegations of sexual assault, insufficient number of staffers, that children are not eating, they have an inability to socially distance or separate COVID-positive children from virus-free children, and they don't even test them, and then they send them out to your state. I mean, it's a pretty unbelievable you know, think, by the way, Kamala Harris, now two weeks in as the borders are, let's see, she's been in her Brentwood home. She's been out in Oakland. She's been in Chicago going to bakeries. She's been in our nation's capital. She's been to New Haven, Connecticut, everywhere but where she needs to be. McCarthy now has called on Harris to attend an FBI CIA terror briefing on the border now that we have people on the known terror watch list coming across. I mean, this border neglect. I mean, imagine if if Donald Trump were president and you hear about sexual assault, if you saw images of cages that he built with kids, you know, all on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic. What the reaction of the mob, the media, big tech, America's corporations, the Democratic Party would be be unbelievable. We have Border Patrol agents in California. They've caught an MS-13 gang member as early as yesterday morning. He had illegally crossed the border into the U.S. This is not the first one. Biden's DHS chief now backs up this Trump-style crackdown on illegal immigration. This is getting interesting from the New York Post. Despite Biden publicly trashing the hard line taken by his predecessor, his DHS secretary, Mayorkas, is now echoing former President Trump's key policies during a recent behind-closed-door meeting vowing to stand up for ICE and advocate for, and be an advocate for more deportation. I'm 100% opposed to the abolition of ICE. Yeah, a little late, because right now he's been the great enabler up to this point. You have a heartbreaking video. I saw this on The Blaze, an off-duty patrol agent stumbling upon a 10-year-old child Last week in Texas, by the border and in the desert, you know, the child was seen sobbing, asking for help, tells the off-duty agent, this guy was on his way home, they can rob me, they can kidnap me, and I'm scared. In the pockets of all of these kids and all of these illegal immigrants are usually bank routing numbers, and they're told that they either put money in those accounts as quickly as possible, or they will be making visits to their family members that remain back home. You know, as Greg Abbott said, but, you know, he pointed out today, directed the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Rangers to now step in and, and not only control the border, which he's already started, but also to investigate these allegations of serious child abuse and neglect inside these federal facilities. And uh, the governor announced that the state has received these complaints, whistleblower complaints in some cases, you know, we now see overcrowding to the point of 1,700% in some of these instances. You know, Jen Psaki, circle back press secretary that she is, when asked why the vice president had time to visit a Chicago bakery and not the border, 
Well, she needed to get a snack. Well, that's a great I answer. Say, uh, the vice president was visiting Chicago actually to talk about COVID and the importance of uh, communities getting the vaccine when it's available and accessible to them. And so while she was there, like many Americans, she got a snack. I think she's allowed to do that. But she was there to talk about COVID and uh, play a role as she's playing a significant role on our efforts to address vaccine hesitancy, communicate with the public about how we can do this. And uh, it's, it's imperative to get the vaccine when it's available. Is it not imperative when when children are living in an abusive environment caused by their policies? That's not an urgent matter for the White House. When we have terrorists from Yemen that now we have caught on the FBI terror watch list, that's 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 not a call to urgency. I see that one of the squad members, Congresswoman Omar, it's shameful that they're actually talking about, yeah, maybe we should finish Trump's wall. You have 130 undocumented migrants surrendering in Arizona to Border Patrol because they know they're not going to be sent home because everybody that makes it across the border has been able to stay. That's the biggest problem. Look, we don't support on this program boycotts, but many are calling for them. Wall Street Journal's Daniel Henniger saying, yes, boycott baseball, liberals the past year have become addicted to political wokeness. It's time for an intervention. Small business group condemning the Major League Baseball's action. Um, what Charlie Gasparino over at Fox Business says the uh, Major League Baseball commissioner's decision to move the All-Star game came after pressure from Stacey Abrams. Yes, Stacey Abrams informed the commissioner what was in the bill because what was ever, whatever was the... Whatever description was given was not accurate. That we can assure you. And uh, by the way, other groups, Al Sharpton urging the commissioner to support a host of issues. Voter drives, H.R. 1, Major League Baseball commissioner, you know, decided to move the game on his own after having extensive uh, discussions with voting rights groups associated with LeBron James, Stacey Abrams, Al Sharpton. Abrams now goes into full crisis mode after nuking her own state. That was an article put out there. These are the they, these are the real world consequences of Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden's disinformation campaign. Not a disinformation campaign; it's an outright lying campaign. You know, far left uh, companies. You know, it's all these companies that bought into this. Former Major League uh, Baseball Commissioner Faye Vincent. Criticize the current commissioner, which almost never happens. Op-ed, Wall Street Journal, Major League Baseball can't become a weapon in the culture wars or a hostage for one political party or ideology. It can't be only for the rich or poor, nor for one race. And and he's right in everything that he's saying. But they're not listening. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program now? We watched the Biden and Obama disastrous Iranian deal and and all this money dumped on the tarmac for mullahs in Iran. And pretty much they started chanting death to America, death to Israel, burning American flags and Israeli flags thereafter. I don't know the mindset, the thinking behind the rationale at all behind left wing Democrats thinking that if they're only a little bit nicer to countries that hate our guts and only want our destruction, 
that they feel compelled to just, if we're just a little bit nicer, we'll, we'll show them we could be really, really nice. Bill Clinton tried it with Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un's father. This is a good day for American people. Yeah, well, that didn't work out well, and we end up paying, and they end up shaking us down for more money. You know, that's the same with the mullahs in Iran during the Obama administration. They get nothing for it. Iran is never abide. They don't. They don't abide by agreements. They think we're stupid because we are. Because we fall for it every time a liberal Democrat's in office. Anyways, now going to lift. Apparently, preparing to re- remove all sanctions on Iran. What has Iran, the leading state sponsor of terrorism, done to deserve this this reward? And that they're going to con- what continue to resume compliance. With that idiotic Iranian nuclear deal where we had no no any place anywhere inspections, where American expect, uh, inspectors weren't even allowed in, and we're dumping a fortune on the tarmac and we're paying for their terror activities? How stupid are they? We're prepared to take the steps to return to compliance, including by lifting sanctions that are consistent with, consistent with the agreement State Department spokesman said. You know what that means? You're you're now capitulating to mullahs in Iran that hate you. It's pretty spectacularly stupid. Um, We have been concerned whether or not Joe Manchin was going wobbly on the issue of the legislative filibuster. We do have an update on that story. Epic Times reporting today that Joe Manchin has again reiterated that he will not vote to abolish or even weaken the filibuster, quote, under any circumstances, unquote. The filibuster, he says, is a critical tool protecting that input and in our democratic form of government. Said it in a Washington Post opinion article. That is why I've said it before and I'll say it again to remove any shred of doubt. There is no circumstance in which I will vote to eliminate or weaken the filibuster. Okay, sounds pretty Sherman-esque to me, but... Manchin also said he does not favor budget reconciliation. Well, that's not good because that's the Senate parliamentarian this week said it would be okay with this ridiculous non-infrastructure infrastructure bill to go ahead with it. Anyway, it comes as his own party is attempting to pass that infrastructure bill, raise the corporate tax rate. Now, Manchin said he'd go as high as 25%, not the 28% that Joe Biden wants. Manchin further argued the Senate voted to weaken the filibuster and it's backfired. He said the political games coming out of the halls of Congress only fuel the hateful rhetoric and violence we see across the country, adding the political dysfunction and gridlock have only grown more severe. Kristen Sinema apparently said something as well. Now, Biden's pay to play scheme dwarfs, by the way, anything that Ron DeSantis was accused of. All right. So Ron DeSantis didn't make the decision on Publix. How do we know multiple prominent Florida Democrats say, no, we made the decision. We actually had the Palm Beach County mayor on this program who said, no, we made the decision on Publix because we thought that would be the best place for the people in our community to get the vaccine. And and our program's been successful. I think they got about 275,000 residents in Palm Beach County that have been vaccinated and Publix didn't charge the state of Florida anything. Publix known to give money to both Republicans and Democratic causes. Uh, they don't really take sides, uh, but they've been generous to the community for sure. 
Anyway, well, they're now going to focus on Bill, Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure plan. That's got a ton of that money, by the way, will be going to the unions that helped elect him. By the way, that's an old scheme. It runs both ways. Unions donate overwhelmingly to Democrats, quote, to help get out the vote, get them elected, and then income the favors as a result. Open Secrets Records, $245 million labor contributions 2020 90% going to democrats up from 217 million in 2016 the two biggest teachers unions 43 million dollars alone to democrats and that's just direct funding then you got the service employees international union the seiu they vowed to spend 150 million to get out the vote for democrats and biden's path to the white house ran through america's labor movement you know, said that was even said by AFL-CIO President Trumpka. And in return, Democrats give big labor. Now the laws and regulations and subsidies and overturn right-to-work laws in states, which Biden is trying to do now. And Biden's infrastructure plan, just like his emergency COVID relief plan, have nothing to do with infrastructure or little to do with it. Anyway, it's uh, the bill's hidden labor law agenda is all over this bill. You know, for it, basically, it's a jobs plan, buried treasures for labored unions. And uh, that's that's been the whole thing to get right to work laws. It's all to, it's all to pay back unions. The Capitol Police top cop says Nancy Pelosi dithered on the National Guard deployment while the rioters ran wild. Well, why isn't that big news? Now, we know that the chief of police of the Capitol Police had asked and requested six times that the National Guard be deployed. Before and A lot of these requests were before anything had gone down. Donald Trump in the days before January 6th said, yeah, there's a lot of people coming to town. You probably want to deploy the National Guard. That was denied. When's Nancy Pelosi going to take responsibility for this? So a... Um, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand puts out there, paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. There's a New York Post headline. Unicorns are infrastructure. I mean, she, she mocked all over Twitter. I mean, Twitter can be very funny. You know, child care, caregiving is infrastructure. No, it's not infrastructure. It's basically your way of doing your Green New Deal, calling it something else and trying to convince the American people that everything's infrastructure. Just like everything's emergency COVID relief when you bail out every blue state as a payback to them for their mismanagement, fraud and abuse, high taxes and misappropriation of funds and not funding pensions as other states do and being fiscally responsible. You know, we got one Democratic senator saying paid leave, child care. Caregiving is infrastructure. Love it. You can't make this stuff up. A friend, Senator Kennedy, who I really get a kick out of, he's very smart, great guy, Senator Louisiana. He says this infrastructure bill is the Green New Deal plus welfare, which pretty much describes it. Listen to what the uh, Randy Weingarten, um, the American Teachers, uh, American Federation of Teachers Union president who leads the nation's most powerful teachers union. Again, they've been fighting hard to prevent teachers from going back to the classrooms. Vows, she literally says, the headline on Breitbart tells Jews not to criticize 
teachers unions, American Jews are now part of the ownership class. What does that mean? Daily Wire's headline, same topic. Teachers union president attacks Jewish parents pushing to reopen schools as part of the ownership class. Well, what does that mean? Can somebody explain exactly what it is that she's referring to here? Pretty unbelievable. Uh, anyway, listen to this. There's a story I see on, on I don't know where I got this from. I think it was foxnews.com. A female GOP representative, a girl from Guatemala, was having trouble communicating. She lost her voice while being gang raped. Good grief. God help us. Representative Kat Comic of Florida joined, I guess was on Todd, Todd Starn's show, our friend Todd's show. First-hand young girls who had been gang raped by human smugglers at the border. Why isn't the media covering this? They're too busy, what, 60 minutes? Can't do an expose on this? They're too busy? What are they covering that's so urgent that they can't cover something like this? You think they would or, you know, I guess that's too much to ask, right? Biden's Commerce Secretary is now praising Donald Trump's China tariffs. The secretary telling reporters at the White House that the Trump administration's tariffs on steel and aluminum saved American jobs. Wow. Sure, they'll be yelled at by day's end. Jobless claims take an unexpected jump despite passage of Biden's COVID stimulus package. Does that surprise anybody? You know, by the way, Sean Davis pointed out on his Twitter account, there was a Daily Caller piece. You got to go. You you go to a gun show. You buy whatever you want. No background check. No, that's completely a lie. The only way you can illegally buy guns as prohibited as a prohibited person and get away with it is if your name is Hunter Biden which I think is pretty accurate. Nikki Haley warns, God help us if Kamala Harris becomes president. By the way, more and more, I'm, I'm finding liberals, and this is getting to be an interesting phenomenon to me. You know, if I go do my grocery shopping, if I'm out and, about, out and about doing my chores and I see people and people talk to me, of course, I have my mask on and socially distance. Anyway, when they talk to me, they say, how long till Harris becomes president? How long do you think it's going to be? How many people ask me that question? Linda, do you get the same thing? People you asking you that know you do this job. Everyone's asking, when do you think Harris becomes president? Well, I, I, I have a little bit of a different question from most people. What? what? <laughs> I have people usually say to me, you do know that Kamala is president or you do know that Susan Rice is. Well, I get that one, too. I get I get them all. I don't think anybody thinks that Joe Biden is running anything, least of all the country. It's funny because they tried for a very short period of time, the mob and the media, they tried to they tried to hit back on me on it. And then all I did was say, OK, let's play this tape. Let's play this tape. Let's play all the tapes. Let's play the hits together. And then I think they realized that every time they attack me, I just play more tape and let Joe make the case for himself. And every time you play the tapes and you play them consecutively and you begin to realize, oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. It's not just a disaster, but I mean, for me, I got to be honest with you, Sean. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, not as long as you, but a long time. And the border thing with the kids, I just terrible. I don't know, man. It's it's just now being a mom. I, I, I just don't understand how these Democrats, I mean, for Pelosi to say that, you know, he's got it under control. This is the pathway. I'm like, we never had this under Trump. We just didn't have it. 
There was no open door policy. Linda, we, we've been following this issue of child trafficking into prostitution specifically with Border Patrol agents that have exclusively only, only investigated these crimes for a long time. Now it's happening right before our eyes. Now it's happening. Now we know why they wanted Child Protective Services nowhere near those kids in Governor Abbott's home state. And he had to force his way into the facilities, just like Ted Cruz and the 19 senators had to force their way in. And when they get in there and they bring out the pictures, then you can see the absolute disgusting, abusive conditions these kids are living in in the middle of a pandemic. But even beyond that, right, even beyond the pandemic and the covid, I mean, the the physical abuse, the sexual and physical abuse that's happening to these kids and all these Hollywood stars that came out in their Me Too movements for these grownups that, you know, they were assaulted and, you know, they were all stood behind them. And, you know, I mean, you know, thinking of Schumer saying, we're coming after you, Kavanaugh, not one thing proven. And then you have a young 10 year old saying, I I was so severely gang raped that I can't communicate to you what happened to me because I lost my voice from violently screaming for my life. I mean, she's heart wrenching. But, you know, think of the 300 families every week that hear the news that a loved one's dead from an opioid overdose. Exactly. And addiction. Where's 90% of the heroin coming from? Across that border. That's right. Where's 90% of the fentanyl coming from? Across that border. That's right. That happens too. And these, these human traffickers, while resources are thin and now focused on taking care of all of Joe Biden's kids that are now coming in and being put in cages and are overcrowded, they're just so overwhelmed and all their resources are in one area that now they end up, you know, it's wide open for the gangs, the cartels, the human traffickers, the drug traffickers to, you know, to bring even more drugs and and sell more kids into prostitution. And let's not forget just the families, too. I mean, all American families are in peril right now, but you look at those families that are being deeply affected by this, that live around the border, their kids, their farms, their livestock. You know, they have people coming up to their doors, dying on their fields. Yeah, they have to make a decision. Is this somebody that's starving and needs water or somebody that's here to kill me? And they're trying to feed their own kids in the middle of a pandemic under an administration that wants to give more money to illegal immigrants than to American citizens. It's all of their own making. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I know it's early, but choosing candidates to run in very important states for the United States Senate uh, is going to be critical. For if, if you're going, if you want, if you desire, if you want to stop this socialist madness and it's madness, there's really only one way to do it. And that is you better start preparing for 2022. Now, it's interesting and fascinating. Yes. Well, why? Why are the Democrats? Why are they working so hard? Why don't they want voter identification and signature verification? And you need it for everything else in life, even including buying a six pack of beer or, or applying for Medicare, Social Security, unemployment, food stamps. Uh, you needed to apply for a job, get a rental car. You get the picture. Why don't they want it? Because they want the conditions that they saw were favorable to them in 2020, and they want to lock them in in perpetuity. It's all a big power grab. But I can see, for example, I know there's been a lot of talk that maybe Herschel Walker will run in the state of Georgia. 
A lot of talk Doug Collins may challenge uh, Governor Kemp in the state of Georgia. Uh, Ron Johnson, that that's an important race, must win race for Republicans if they want control of the Senate in Wisconsin. Uh, Sununu appears to be preparing for a run in New Hampshire. That would be a win- very winnable seat if, if that's the case. You've got North Carolina. One poll yesterday had Laura Trump beating the, the closest competitor by like 15 points. Uh, then, of course, you got Ohio, you got Arizona. I mean, these are these are all all fascinating but important Senate races. And another one of them is in the great state of Pennsylvania. I guess Pat Toomey is leaving. And I saw and it's now gone viral an ad put out by a woman named Kathy Burnett, African-American woman. And it is a powerful, powerful ad that has gone viral. The white man that sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue believes he has the power to take away my blackness because I'm a conservative. But I will keep on. Joe Biden, after the November election in 2022, you can call me something else, Senator, because this determined black conservative woman is going to become the next United States Senator from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And she joins us now, Kathy Barnett. Kathy, how are you? Thanks for being with us. I am doing so well. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me on. You know, I don't normally get involved in primaries or involved in a Senate election a year out like this. But Pennsylvania is so important. Uh, If Republicans could win your seat, hold Wisconsin, Herschel Walker were to win down in Georgia. They win in North Carolina. They went out in Arizona, New Hampshire. I mean, and and keep Ohio. It would be, it would be transformative for the country. It's that important a race coming up in 2022. I agree wholeheartedly. And you know, Sean, you hit the nail on the head in your opening statements. Democrats are already campaigning for 2022, even 2024. They're already campaigning for it right now. The reason why they are running like someone with their hair caught on fire, running through glass pane windows, trying to just get everything uh, that their little hearts desire now is because they are preparing for 2022. You're absolutely Absolutely right. Everything that they were allowed to get away with in the 2020 election, they're trying to solidify that. And that is the reason why it is so important for people like yourself with your type of platform to get engaged early versus later. And one of the things I'm noticing is that on our side, right, you have Democrats who are rushing out here to to already campaigning for 2022. On our side, we're like, oh, I want to keep my powder dry. I want to see who, you know, I want to see who shakes out. It is now when you see good people. Our side is desperate for leadership with backbone, leadership with a moral sense of understanding, who actually have a moral compass, understanding that there is such a thing as right and wrong. And instead of sticking their finger in the air trying to figure out which way the wind is going to blow, you need leadership who, who come to the table with a sense of right and wrong and will take a stand for this country. Our country is on the precipice. These people are not playing with us and they are coming with both barrels and our side has yet to even throw an effective punch and it's not a battle of fist and bullet in case i get in trouble by democrats who don't understand hyperbole but it's not 
a, 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 a battle of fists and bullets. It's a battle of ideas. And we got to get our head out of the sand and we got to start standing up and speaking for this country. These people, this is not a fad. These people are trying to solidify what they already have gained in territory. All these years, Kathy, that I have I've covered election, I always point out to this audience and my TV audience that it's it's the Democratic playbook. That Republicans are racist, Republicans are sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Now they've added transphobic. They want dirty air, dirty water, uh, and some Republican leader will take your grandma after feeding them dog food and cat food, put them in a wheelchair and throw them over a cliff. Mm. That is the, mm. that is the same thing. Now, Joe Biden, who has his own history that is a, a, abhorrent to me on the issues of race, uh, is now going around saying the Georgia election law that was recently passed is Jim Crow 2.0, but yet that very law is far more inclusive uh, than his own state of Delaware. It's not even close. The same with it's far, it's far more inclusive than the state of New York or Colorado, where the All-Star game is now going to be played after being taken out of uh, Georgia and the people of Georgia unfairly smeared the way they've been smeared. Your thoughts. Listen, Joe Biden is the last living segregationist who has billed himself as the white hope to the black man. I mean, this man has been in office longer than I've been alive. And all of a sudden, he is the black he he is the black man's white hope. And the media has come alongside this and has perpetuated this this lie and this ignorance. Last night I was on your show and I was in the waiting room and I was listening to your opening monologue and I now understand why your guests come out on your show just <laughs> just going to the wall, uh, uh, gas pedal pressed all the way down because I'm listening. I had never heard that he had said about, uh, of course, the people in the South are going to love him because he's from Delaware. He It was a slave state. I mean, I mean, that level of ignorance, that level of racism, and the way that it has just been whitewashed over to make this, the last living segregationist, as I call him, being billed out to be the black people's hope and savior. It is quite astounding, but we understand that that this division is profitable. It works because we allow it to work. We need to stop apologizing. If you are a racist, go fix that. But if you are not a racist, stop allowing people to bully you and to silence. It is an effective tool. And let me tell you, I have heard white people, white progressives primarily, use the word racist and racism more than I have ever heard a black person. I, I and, and, and I've been black all my life. And I have yet to hear black people use the word racist and racism, a very powerful word that our people have inherited, because when you see it, it is ugly. And it is a very powerful word that should stop people in their tracks. But it has been so diluted and so maligned and misappropriated that it is losing its meaning. Even when I hear the word, I roll my eyes at times. And it should never be that way, because it is a powerful word that was inherited by the black community in this country, and yet we see these progressives use it as 
as an end mark, as a punctuation mark, as a way to, I mean, if they can't explain something, they call it racist. If they can't defeat you in an argument, they call it racist. Even what we're looking at with Stacey Abram down there in Georgia, one of the powerful things I learned for your audience who may not know me, I grew up on a pig farm in southern Alabama. I grew up wickedly impoverished, uh, but I was loved. By the way, yeah, I, I, I know never... part of that story, you, you didn't even have running water in a bathroom, is that correct? Yes, I grew up, you know, my my great-great-great-grandma, Rhoda, she was born in 1846. She was a slave. I grew up in the same house that I describe on that um on that campaign video, uh, a home with no insulation, no running water, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. And although I grew up wickedly impoverished, I don't recall one person ever looking at me and saying, Kathy, you are a victim. Kathy, all the odds are against you. Kathy, you might as well not try. And I'm so grateful. I was loved. I didn't have much. As a child, I didn't know that because you're a child and you're insulated. But as an adult, looking back, I recognize just how little we had. And I am so grateful for the people who were in my life that didn't have much, but they poured into me what they had. And they never looked at me and made me feel as though I was a victim and I might as well not try. And I grew up in the very deep south of Alabama that has everything that comes along with that. And yet I became the first in my family to go and finish college. I spent 10 years in the U.S. Army Reserve, where I was accepted into officer candidacy school, worked in um, the financial industry, corporate America, an adjunct professor of corporate finance, authored my first book, and now I'm running for Senate because this is my country. I understand my history. I don't walk around with a hat in my hand, as Stacey Abram would describe me, begging to be admitted into the American dream. I am the American dream, and I refuse to allow someone to destroy my country. I am so glad glad that I got off that pig farm before white progressives thought it was beneficial to help black people. I am so glad because if it was up to the pack of them, I would still be on that pig farm today. I am I'm, I'm just listening to every word you're saying, Kathy, and I'm blown away. I, I want to go back to this issue that and you brought it up when you talked about um, race in this now viral video and quote people who look like me in America can now not only vote without fear or violence but run for office and it, it was very powerful I thought and I'm thinking about this and the, and here it is the, the the most restrictive laws in voting are in Delaware and New York it's more restrictive to vote in Colorado than Georgia and the the outright lie of of this being Jim Crow 2.0 but this is also a Joe Biden that, you know, talked about, um, you know, uh, lectures about what is good for the the other N word, as we say, uh, or mm-hmm. when he went on to talk uh, at length about his his great relationships with segregationists or standing with the former Klansmen to stop the integration of our schools because he didn't want our schools to become racial jungles um, or his you ain't black comment or you know, let me play some of it for you. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. The two party system is good for the South and good for the good for the black in the South. Um, your reaction, Kathy? I'm just thinking, and this is the white hope for the black man. How tone deaf. You know, I would use the word racist, but it is quickly losing its meaning. How tone deaf. 
And it's not just tone deaf and disrespectful and ignorant. Um, it is uh, it, it, when it relates to just issues of race. But look at what's happening at our southern border. It's tone deaf. It's arrogance. These people do not care about us. I mean, look at the number of um, uh, 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 senior citizens in nursing homes that have been murdered. I mean, it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to recognize, it doesn't take someone like Ben Carson to come and explain to you that if you put COVID-19 positive patients into a nursing home facility where you're housing some of the most vulnerable people in our nation, that you're going to get, uh, it's, it's like putting, it's the equivalent of putting a fox in a hen house. It's going to turn into a California brush fire. I mean, it doesn't take a Ben Carlson to understand the implications of doing something like that. These people are tone deaf, and that's putting it mildly. Our nation, it is a, we're on a battlefield. I was very deliberate when we selected Gettysburg and, and that particular location, Picket Charge. It is the last battle that was fought on Gettysburg and we almost lost it. It was just by the providence of God and the arrogance of the, of, of the Democrat party sponsored uh, group, uh, Lee and, and the rest of them, it was just their arrogance that, that caused them to lose that battle. But we picked it for a choice, uh, for a reason. And I'm also wearing the last pair of army boots I was issued in the military before I got out, because we are in a battle for the very definition of this country. These people are not playing with us. And so many on our side of the aisle, they are behaving like this is just politics as usual, as though this is just. I want to you know, I want to just say this uh, only because I'm um, I'm like, I'm sure our audience is just captivated by all you're saying we're going to follow your race very closely and i think you'd make a phenomenal senator from the great state of pennsylvania and uh we want to wish you well we hope you'll come back often on this program anything we could do to help you please let us know we'd like to help you in uh, any way possible how do people get in touch with you uh, thank you for asking thank you for having me on please go to barnett for senate Dot com. I need people. If you want good leadership, I need you to support me now. I cannot do this by myself, but I need you to help me create a groundswell that makes this campaign undeniable. Please go to barnettforsenate.com or kathybarnett.com. It all redirect to the same place well, and support I wanna... me. I want to hear your voices. We will we'll have you on again very often, and we'll have you on uh, soon. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. We're following this closely in Pennsylvania. 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of this program, this extravaganza. Yeah, Biden uh, now moving executive action to take away your Second Amendment rights. Is there anything that we predicted that we've been wrong on? Not a single thing. That's how chilling this is. They mean what they said. This, as I said, no, no party, no major political party in this country has ever run on a more radical agenda than this party. And Biden, a shell of his former self, you know, just reading the utterances of others and doing the will of whoever is ultimately in charge here, which is pretty scary. Uh, Diane is in uh, Midway, Georgia. Diane, hi, how are you? Sorry for the people of Georgia. Uh, you've been smeared, you've been slandered, and you lost $100 million in revenue. 
uh, all based on Joe Biden's lie about the new Georgia law being Jim Crow 2.0. You know, I, I just don't get it why any kind of sports, especially MLB, would um, has anything to do with politics. It's not their business. What we do in Georgia is not their business. But the, but the, the thing is, law. is what, what was, the law in Georgia is more open than any of the states that we're talking about. Joe Biden, for 50 years, uh, his state of Delaware is far more restrictive in terms of voting. This, the same goes for New York, Chuck Schumer state. The same goes for Colorado. It's not quite as restrictive as Delaware, but it's it's less uh, inclusive than the new Georgia law. And my point is, is that it's all been based on a lie. And then you've got the woke cancel culture mob in the media and big tech and now corporations joining in that they, they all want to be seen as as PC. They didn't even read the bill. Major League Baseball does. You know, they're headquartered in, in New York. New York has far more restrictive voting laws. Uh, they do business with China. Joe Biden he hasn't called for a pulling out of the 2020 Beijing Winter Olympics, but he did this to Georgia. You better wise it up. I'm like, no, the state that needs to wise up is is Delaware. Your state, Joe, your state has some of the most restrictive voting conditions of any state in the country. And he never lifted a finger and they smeared the people of Georgia and they hurt hardworking businesses in Georgia for no reason at all, all based on a lie. What's actually in the law matters. What the way it's been falsely characterized that, you know, when a president of the United States lies like that, it makes it, it has a huge impact because Delta and, and Coca-Cola and 198 other big companies bought into this lie. And, it, and, and I don't even know what the long term impact on the Georgia economy is going to be as a result of Joe Biden's lie. He owes the people of Georgia an apology. So does Stacey Abrams. We now know apparently Stacey Abrams, according to one report today, at least that I've read, she's not coming on this program. I'd love to give her the opportunity to explain it. But Stacey Abrams apparently spoke to the the commissioner of Major League Baseball before he made his decision. Anyway, thanks for a good call. Appreciate it. Chris is in College Station in Texas. Chris, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me on. It seems like I'm on a bit of a different topic here, but I'm going to jump away from what you're talking about for a minute to get back to the George Floyd trial, if I could. Yes, ma'am. I just want to say I have tremendous respect for you, have listened to you for years when I can in the car. I have disagreed with you the entire time you have been discussing this event and the way it unfolded, uh, how it was handled by the mob media and the conservative media troubles me tremendously. In this country, we're innocent until proven guilty. By the way, I've said that I said that many, many times, but I but Um, my eyes by also there's two factors here, just so you understand my thinking. Okay. Is my uh, we have nine minutes and twenty six seconds of tape. We have seven minutes and I, however many seconds of continuous tape of what we see. And and I'm speaking at this with my what my own eyes show me. What I know about police training 
and my eight years of training four or five days a week, 90 minutes a day in martial arts, mixed martial arts. And I, I and what I know about the vulnerability of one's neck. And by the way, this is something except, that. Except. Except. Didn't, what? didn't the defense attorney introduce new footage from Officer King yesterday, to my I knowledge, saw it. that does not definitively show his knee was on his neck? You could interpret now, it anyway. Listen, I'm not going to try and convince you what I see. I'm just telling you what I see. Now, is it true that fentanyl, methamphetamines, whatever, all these drugs were in a system? Yes. Is it true he had underlying serious, significant health issues? That is true, too. Um, did that contribute to his death? I wouldn't doubt it at all. Uh, is that going to be a factor? But the question is this. If Officer Chauvin who did not follow police procedures. Remember, he was in handcuffs the whole time at this point, and at that point was not resisting. The minute somebody's not resisting, you you know, and somebody's handcuffed, all use of force ends at that point. And my argument is, number one, that police need more training, side issue. But number two, I can just tell you as, again, I'm a student of the arts. I, I don't want to overplay my knowledge here because I'm, I'm, I'll be learning the rest of my life. Um, if I took two fingers of George Floyd and manipulated him while they were in handcuffs, I promise you he would have full compliance. That, that, was, that was unnecessary and excessive use of force that also goes against training from all that I see. And I am only telling you that um, you can even look online. There's a martial art artist that takes on, uh, you know, this. Well, Go ahead. I also have a son who was a police officer for a short mm -hmm. time, who was also trained in Israeli Krav Maga at a very high level. And from the very beginning. I've been tra training in Krav Maga for eight years. Love it. Correct. But the, the, here's the thing. There's a couple of types of individuals that, in my opinion, have, a, have the credibility to look with their eyes and then make a judgment in this. Body cam footage shows what it shows, but it doesn't show the 19-some-odd years of any police officer who gets up every day and weighs the risk. We, none of us know what was going through his mind. It reminds me of the Marcus Luttrell interview with Jake Tapper and CNN when he got back and it Lone Survivor was released, and the guy said something like, uh, would you go back and – I don't remember what he said. It's just – but it irritated Marcus Luttrell, and he basically said, I've trained my whole life for this. If you think you can do the, my job, then you put your feet in my shoes and go do it. And that's the way I feel Chris, about the Chris, military. You're, you're, you're talking to a guy who has a 33-year track record of being one of the staunchest, most outspoken oh, supporters of the police and, and law enforcement in the country. So you, you, you don't need to sell me on how hard a job is. Now, with all of that said... No, nobody will ever know what, what's going through somebody's mind at the time or or why they did what they did. It is I am just telling you what I know about the human anatomy from Krav Maga, my study of Japanese jujitsu, my my study in Kempo, um, my training situation. I do situational training every single day. We work with blades, sticks, firearms. We do it all. We do boxing. I hit the heavy bag every day. I do all of that. 
And I am just telling you, if, if a targeted strike towards the bottom of your jaw that would hit your carotid artery, just one strike for a fraction of a second, if I, if I strike you, the, the intended strike hits its location, you will immediately drop to the ground. Because, what, well, because that fraction of a second with a carotid artery cutting off blood to the brain will put you, on your, put you down on the ground. And I bet that when you try and stand up, that I guarantee you that you'd probably fall down again. Just like if I put you in what's called, and if you follow mixed martial arts or watch, you know, if you ever watch the octagon, you know, what's called a, a, a rear naked ch- chokehold. And if I, if I lock it in and I have both of your carotid arteries and I'm locked and you can't get out, uh, you'll pass out in under 15 seconds, and, and that's usually a lot quicker. And you know how I know? Because it's been done to me. I've, right. let, I, I, to, I've had people do it to me where I passed out. Right. My doctor's going to kill me for admitting it, but go ahead. Well, I understand. I, I think, for me, the biggest problem in all this, the whole thing is very tragic, but the biggest problem for me is the way all media jumped on this, made a determined judgment. None of us were his judge and jury. And I, I don't think as civilian media, any of us. I am very much, I'm often with you, but the, the length of time of the tape, you know, speaks volumes to me. Look, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to predict to you. I said during Ferguson, it's not going to come out the way people are saying, and I ended up being right because I had sources on the ground, yep. police source. I was right. The media yep. was wrong. I was right in Baltimore. The media was wrong. I was right about Cambridge police. The media was wrong. When everybody okay. was saying that that down in Florida, Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, the, the verdict was going to come out a certain way. I said, nah, right. not so fast, because I knew right. testimony was coming that would would place Trayvon on top of George Zimmerman banging his head and grounding and pounding it into the ground and that that would have a, a dramatic impact on the on the result of the 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 trial down there. I am right. telling you, I am going to be right in terms of where this is headed. The I've been oh, I, following I it closely. And I am I just no doubt he's he will go to prison because if he was acquitted, if if there was something that came out that acquitted him, this country would go into chaos and mayhem. This country would never accept it. You know, was. you know, but but Chris, Chris, that didn't happen. The reason that we had the trouble in Ferguson and Baltimore is because there were expectations that never were going to be fulfilled. You know, right. I would argue that it's going to be a different result here. Look, you talk to your son. You talk to police because I have many, many friends in law enforcement, many. And we've all discussed this case. And there's not one of them that thinks that Officer Chauvin uh, handled this properly. Not one. Hmm. These, these are my friends in law enforcement. Not one of them. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've only talked to my son, and he has a differing opinion. And Does also, your son you think that Officer Chauvin acted appropriately? He thinks, he thinks that there is... Here's what he thinks. The media... Two things. Forget the media. Does he think that the officer handled this appropriately? He was trained in fentanyl. He he knows about the superhuman strength. There's a multiple things I can get into. Okay, okay. I I, I understand all that. He yes, was handcuffed yes, at this yes, at this yes, moment is yes. when it matters, though. This ten no, minute period of time yes. matters. You know, you're the you're answering answer, a whole different yes. question. 
Does he think that that when the when the guy is on the ground pleading, please, sir, I can't breathe and he's in handcuffs and he's no longer resisting? I would have to say that, yes, because he doesn't know all of the circumstances. Neither do you and neither do I, irregardless of our martial arts information, irregardless of how many friends we have in the police force. Nope. That is a horrible area as well. I just got to I just got to gently, you know, I I hear where you're coming from. I'm going to say this is is that one's neck is the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. Police know this. They're trained in this. At that moment, once 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 a suspect in handcuffs stops resisting, all use of force ends. That is basic training one on one. There's two things. I'm not convinced the knee was on the neck, and there are others who are also not convinced based on the new footage. That was also – I've never been convinced of that. Neither has my son has been convinced of it. The footage does not clearly show that. The knee looks to me to be more near the shoulder blade, center of the back of the neck area, not near – what everybody has, the lying media has said. So I don't know. It'll come out in the wash. I hope. I hate the whole thing. I, I, I just couldn't disagree case. with you any more firmly. I see the knee right on the neck. Right on it. The whole time. Officer King's footage that was released yesterday. I've looked, at the fo- I've looked at every bit of footage that's out. Okay, well, one more point. I'm going to let you go. The whole point, really, of all this to me is this is a dangerous precedent-setting case that has now changed policing forever. So that's what's unfortunate. All right, I have to run. But listen, God bless your your son. You know, sometimes I'm just going to have to agree to disagree. You're seeing something. I just see the opposite. And apparently, I think most people agree with me. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Your call's coming up, uh, final half hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So, Joe Biden, Mr. Unity, he calls for unity, but he demonizes the election reforms and refers to the reforms that are far more liberal and inclusive in the state of Georgia than his restrictive state of Delaware. He had 50 years to change the voting laws in Delaware. He's never even talked about it, never lifted a finger to do anything about it. Uh, And then, of course, Stacey Abrams urging people uh, now at this late hour, oh, no, don't boycott Georgia now. Uh, 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 I didn't really mean it because she wants to hang on to any possibility she can win. Jen Psaki was asked, let's play the uh, plethora of comments of those involved in this issue. To restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. For-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. We've overcome incredible challenges as a nation. And we've done it before and we will do it again. We'll do it by coming together 
by uniting after years of pain and loss. It is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic. I understand the passion of those calling for boycotts of Georgia following the passage of SB 202. Boycotts have been an important tool throughout our history to achieve social change. But here's the thing. Black, Latino, AAPI, and Native American voters whose votes are the most suppressed under SB 202 are also the most likely to be hurt by potential boycotts of Georgia. To our friends across the country, please do not boycott us. I think it's important to remember the context here. Uh, the Georgia legislation is built on a lie. Uh, it's There was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Georgia's top Republican election officials have acknowledged that repeatedly in interviews. Uh, and what there was, however, was record-setting turnout, especially by voters of color. So instead, what we're seeing here is in, for politicians who didn't like the outcome, uh, they're not changing their policies uh, to win more votes. They're changing the rules to exclude more voters. And we certainly see the circumstances as different. But ultimately, sorry, let me add one more thing. It's up to Major League Baseball to determine where they're holding their all-star game. All right, there you have it from uh, Circlebach, Jen Psaki, and Stacey Abrams. And uh, Joe's claim, Jim Crow 2.0, here to weigh in on it, and the damaging legacy to Joe Biden on this, an outright lie. It was a lie. What Joe says about Georgia's law is a lie. What Stacey Abrams has said about it is a lie. We've gone over and we've compared and we contrast. Uh, have contrasted all the differing laws in Delaware, New York, even Colorado, where MLB's now moved the All-Star game. And the state of Georgia now has been smeared unfairly based on lies. Leo Terrell, civil rights attorney for decades. David Schoen, also a civil rights attorney. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Sean. Leo 2.0 Terrell. Uh, really? Jim Crow 2.0? Uh, no. Uh, if Joe cared so much about uh, free and fair and open voting systems. Why is his state of Delaware so restrictive then? I'll tell you right now, he can't even reconcile that issue. Let's be very clear, because I want to make sure those people who suffered in the 40s and the 50s and 60s under Jim Crow up until the Voting Rights Act of 65 and the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Fair Housing Act of 68, there is no Jim Crow. That, that is a lie. You know, if there was Jim Crow laws, why don't Joe Biden's Department of Justice go there and file lawsuits? You know why they don't do it? Because it does not exist. He owes the state of Georgia an apology. And Stacey Abrams, in that clip you played, is walking back her statements. Why? Because she hurt blacks, browns, yellows, and whites in Georgia by, by, by basically expanding on this lie. And Major League Baseball and the $100 million of revenue just left Georgia and went to Denver, Colorado, where they, they are a smaller number of blacks. So I, this, this is blowing back against the Democrats because the lie has been exposed. Stacey Abrams' political career in Georgia is now over because this will haunt her for the next two years. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, I think the people of Georgia feel uh, rightly so that they've been smeared and slandered. Um, I, I think, David Schoen, first let me get your original thoughts on it. Then i got a few questions uh, to follow up on. My original thought is that this Jim Crow analogy is, is the worst part of what we've seen. Uh, frankly, it's not just an analogy. President Biden has said this is much worse than the Jim Crow laws. Understand the slap in the face that that is to Americans, particularly to black Americans. People died 
because of Jim Crow laws. People were excluded from restaurants, from water fountains. People were not allowed to vote. They were given literacy tests and poll taxes. That's what Jim Crow laws did. To suggest for a second that there's anything like that and then to say it's much worse, that is a lie, as you said earlier, but it's a very damaging lie. And you see that they're backtracking on it now with this Ms. Psaki saying, well, the problem really is it was built on a lie. Uh, it was brought about because of voter fraud. That's also a lie. The act itself, 202, tells exactly the reasons why this was necessary. And it's not because they found there was voter fraud. It's because of the potential that some of these loosenings that happened during the last election because of the COVID scare uh, brought about. This is a matter of election integrity. I spend every day in my practice with ballot access cases on my docket around the country fighting for the right of voters and candidates to free and open ballots. I've got two of the cases going right now, but it has to be all measured with election integrity. I want every person who's entitled to vote to be able to vote every single election, but only those who are entitled to vote by law. That's how our system works. You know, if you look at the state of Delaware, they don't have anything near. Now, this really comes down to two big issues in my mind, Leo, and that is they don't want voter ID. Democrats don't. And they don't want signature verification. That's what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, if you don't have now, well, think of the long list of things that I've been pointing out to anybody that will listen. You know, if you want to go visit Joe Biden at the White House, you need a photo ID or, or go to the Capitol. You need a photo ID or the DNC. You need a photo ID or to get on an airplane or buy a house, apply for a mortgage, rent a house, buy a six pack, buy cigarettes, buy jewel pods, buy apply for food stamps, a job, welfare, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, unemployment, drive, buy, rent a car, purchase a, a gun, adopt a pet, rent a hotel room, pick up a <laughs> prescription, donate blood, purchasing Allegra D at the pharmacy, and on and on and on. I mean, you need a picture ID for every one of those things. Now, why wouldn't well, you need well, it for voting, Leo? Well, I'll tell you right now, Sean, it's very clear. And here's a disconnect between the Democratic leadership that is basically socialist and the majority of Americans. 69 to 70% of black Americans want voter of a photo ID. 75% of Americans in general want photo ID. So this is not something that Democrats are in favor of. It's the Democratic leadership that believes in keeping this type of election fraud by not having photo ID because they don't want they don't want verification. So that's a disconnect. And I also want to go back to the point, Sean, about the, the whole Jim Crow thing. The whole purpose of this Jim Crow is a distraction. It's a distraction so that the House can pass and the Congress can pass H.R. 1. It's a distraction by Biden because of Biden's disastrous border policy, and it's a distraction because they want to tax the hell out of this country. So I honestly believe this Jim Crow argument is a big lie. Everyone knows it. But it's a distraction, and it's the wrong distraction because it's hurting America right now. Because it's hurting America because it's being divided by race. Let me ask. So, so let, let, so, Good. Okay, David. I just want to jump on the point you made. It's a very important point. You said let's isolate what the complaints are about. So it's about voter ID. Let's take a look at the Georgia law exactly. It requires just about any form of ID. It could be a driver's license. It could be a utility bill. It could be a house payment statement. Um, and by the way, it could be your last four digits of your Social Security number. And by the way, if you don't have the ID, the 
state will provide any eligible voter with a free state ID. Well, you know, it's it's if you want to vote, I don't think you can do better than the state of Georgia. I really don't. When you actually look at the law as it's passed, there are it is far less restrictive than most states and they've done a lot all they've done is to insist on uh the same exact standards if you're voting in person or voting by mail i mean that's really what it what it all comes down to georgia you know they expand access to the poll uh polls down there 17 days early voting voters have more flexibility to vote far less restrictive than these other states that we're talking about uh, Joe never lifted a finger, and yet they 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 want to characterize it this way. And meanwhile, we're getting lectured from a guy that worked with the former Klansman Robert Byrd to stop the integration of public schools because he didn't want public schools to become racial jungles. It's it's kind of a little difficult to take Joe Biden serious on any issue involving race because you know you ain't black, and we're going to put you all back in chains. And uh, you know his comments about. Well, you can't work in a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent or his comments about Obama being bright and clean and articulate for the first time ever. This is storybook, man. And every other dumb thing that he said. Let me go to what they don't tell you is what Georgia rejected. Georgia, many people reasonably feel that you should have a reason for voting uh, mail in vote for not showing up at the polls to vote like we used to do. But Georgia rejected that idea. Not this, not true for Delaware and New York. Many states still require valid reasons for voting mail-in. If you're over 65 in Georgia, any reason you eh, eh, just mail it in. I, listen, I don't you even. Know, I think we should have a voting day with absentee ballots that that includes photo ID and and if, or if you can't get out of your house, we should certainly accommodate people. And that's uh, con- under those circumstances. All right, more with Leo 2.0 Terrell and David Schoen as we continue. Let me ask you both about this trial of, of Officer Chauvin that has been going on. We now have this nine minute and 29 second tape that has been introduced by the prosecution. To me, this is very straightforward. All, all my cop friends that I've talked to said, uh, no, that is not the that is not the training of a police officer if somebody's handcuffed. And at that moment, once they become compliant, as he was saying, please, sir, please, sir, I can't breathe. Um, showing that he was going to comply, uh, he should have been turned over. To me, it's pretty cut and dry that the tape speaks volumes. There are other people that are pointing, well, he had fentanyl in his system and other drugs in his system, and he had a pre-existing health condition, all of which is true, and the autopsy bore that out, Leo. But uh, I don't think the question is, would he have died that at that moment if the, if the knee of Officer Chauvin were not on his neck? To me, it's, it's pretty clear. Hey, Sean, let me tell you right now, I think I agree with you on this. I think the officer did wrong. But let me just throw one little case out for you because the videotape didn't convince a jury. Rodney King trial number one. And I'll tell you right now, the defense has a tremendous advantage. All they got to do is look for one juror and raise the argument that, that this officer did not wake up with the intention that day to kill George Floyd and that he's going to argue that he was following police a policy. And I would be surprised if this guy does not testify. But the defense only needs one one juror to say, no, I can't buy this. I think the prosecution overcharged. I think this is definitely... Well, but they do have options in this case. They in certain cases, they overcharge and you only have one option. That's not the, the issue here. Well, I, I, I agree. They do have options. But what I'm saying is, it goes back to the, the, the defense. All they need is one. 
Just one. And they got a mistrial. Again, Rodney King, trial number one. David? Yeah, I mean, if they find that one juror in this case that doesn't convict of something, I mean, they need to get the guy examined. Um, it, look, he's going to be convicted of something, it seems to me. Um, and, of course, Mr. Trell is right. You know, a defense lawyer only needs one juror. But this case is quite cut and dry. The issue for the defense, however, is cause of death because they decided to charge him with murder. There'd be no question in the civil case here of liability. Um, it'd be huge damages. Well, they've already paid out a huge settlement in the case. Um, but uh, he will be convicted of something. It's no, there's no question that he violated police practices. You've heard from some of the experts. Experts are usually testify on the other side of the case. Um, it was a terrible thing that he did. There's no question about it. Uh, what he's convicted of is not so clear. Cause of death, you know, the coroner helps out the defense a bit in this case. But uh, this is a terrible case to have to parade before the American public. Terrible commentary. But the varying charges, you believe that there will be a conviction on at least one of them. David Show. Absolutely. Absolutely, I believe that. And Leo? I hope there is, but I would not be surprised if there's not. That's a pretty bold statement, Leo. Well, I'm, listen, I think, I think the guy, I think the officer is guilty. I just don't know if they'll find him guilty. Is he guilty that's, of that's what, the though? There are different standards. If, you're, if, right. he, if, you, if you bring in the, the biggest charge against him and you have to prove intent, I don't think you can prove intent for anybody. I agree. You have to find a reckless disregard for George Floyd's life. And that third-degree charge might be the one which finds him guilty. I'm just saying, Sean, that what we see in the court of public opinion is different inside that courtroom when that jury is confined to the jury instructions and the rules given by the judge. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate what's in the mind. Well, listen, I think that's a good reminder for everybody. I really do, because you never know how a jury is reacting inside the courtroom, and, and you're right. I do think that it's a very powerful nine minutes and 29 seconds that they see and whether or not the defense is able to mitigate that in some way i don't know i will say at the end of the day that my argument that police do need more training because the the easy manipulation of two of george floyd's finger fingers while handcuffed would have brought full compliance in seconds without breaking his fingers anyway thank you both appreciate it quick break right back all right, 25 to the top of the hour. Our friend Joe Pags put together the all-new version of New York, New York. We don't want to be a part of it. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today Don't want to be a part of it New York, New York Cuomo's abuse COVID's here to stay Right through the very heart of it New York, New York Don't want to wake up In a city run by that creep I'll soon go over the hill Leave this trash heap De Blasio blows Upwards that crime goes Bad guys run every part of it Like old New York 
right out of there. Take my family anywhere in my rear view. New York, New York. New York, New York. Don't want to wake up in a city that's six feet deep. Attacked taxes. I'm pleased they don't like police. Man, are they on crack? Bring the apple back. I gotta hit that busy through way. No one hunts with an assault rifle. No one needs 10 bullets to kill a deer. Man, oh man, oh man. What a great treat from our friend Joe Pax. I brought this idea up yesterday. This is how good my team is. Linda, you put it together. He did it all. Uh, what did you get that he, he actually in 12 hours? So here's the thing. So Joe has an awesome audience. We share some listeners. They reached out. Joe reached out to me. He, t- he does parodies all the time. We started talking about it. I said, Joe, listen, if you feel moved by the subject, by all means, do it. I would love it. And he turned it around in no time. Unbelievable. He's, so t- I can't He's on our like newsmaker that. line now. Joe Pags, my brother. How are you? <laughs> Sean, how's it going, man? It, it happened just like that. I, I got a bunch of emails from people. Yeah. They said Linda was trying to get Sean to sing a parody. And Sean said, I'm not <laughs> Yeah, by the way, Joe, hell will freeze over. That's never happening. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I connected with Linda, and I said, I'll throw it together, see what you think. She said, make it happen, and, and there it is. Man, oh, man, I had, we've been friends for how many years have we known each other? Forever. It, it, it's got to be uh, 21, 22 years. Right. Like and I'm like, and, and I've always known you're a great host. I know you're Thank talented. You. And, um... And and you've always been successful, but I had no idea that you did this. When did you know you could sing? <laughs> I, I'm more of a saxophone player, to be honest with you. I was a music wow. major in college, Sean. So, uh, so yeah, I, I just started putting these together, and people laughed at them. They thought they were kind of cool. So I've been doing them for a while. You know, Linda can sing. Linda actually know, was I've part of a, a serious band. I mean, she made real, real coin 
singing at weddings and all. But let, let's events. be honest here. I think that Pegs was the right choice for Sinatra. I'm just saying, you know, I can <laughs> well, be woman enough know. to I admit mean, it. We might want to have a sing-off between the two of you. Let's let's hear let's you go. sing a little Anytime. of the, the song, Linda. You got the you got the lyrics in front of you. Not for nothing, Joe. This was fantastic. And it your lyrics, phenomenal. I'm going to put them up on the website. They're they're <laughs> oh, am- they're so, so funny. I can't wait for, well, for no, I, I if I could no, just see. Thank you, Joe. If I could see Andrew Cuomo and Comrade de Blasio's face listening to that, <laughs> it would make me laugh. Oh, I would love that. I would love well, it. Well, but you're, you know, you know New York well, and look what they've done to this place. It's a, it's a well, shit I'm from hole. New York originally, Sean. You know this. I'm from, I'm from Copeg. I was born in Amityville. Right. So I'm right, from, I'm right from Metro New York, and our friend Curtis Lewa has told me, Joe, do not come home. Don't come here. Nobody wants to be here. This is horrible right now. Yeah, by the way, our friend Curtis is running for mayor. I mean, I hope that uh, he does well. Um, he's been with the Guardian be Angels. He's run that organization now for decades and decades. And, uh, I, I, you know, the, the sad thing is, for, you know, Rudy won in New York. And he's, Rudy's very liberal on social issues. People may not know right. that about him. But putting that aside, he, that was not what he was running on. He was running on cleaning up New York and bringing New York back. And he did it. And he did it with immense, fierce opposition from, right. you know, the New York Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, and and the New York Times. They all hated him getting sued. But he started, you know, dealing with crime, and he start instituted st- stop and frisk, and became America's right. mayor on nine eleven. And um, you know, it was, we proved that we can do it. The problem is the people that did vote for Rudy. There were many Democrats, but any Republicans are now long gone. They've left. They're leaving right. and they're not only the city, but the state. Yeah. They're here in Texas. You know, I, I think Curtis said it, maybe, maybe Rudy told me this, but for every year that you let the city go to pot, it takes seven years to get it back. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. That's uh, a huge problem. You know, Andrew Cuomo, by the way, he, I mean, this, this is how out of touch he was. This is him, quote, joking with a reporter that he's tall and good looking. Just listen. Hey, Governor. Hey, Peter, remember me? Tall, good-looking, blonde hair, blue eyes, button nose. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah. What uh, the heck? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you not know. You've got ten women accusing you of, of things. Maybe it's time to start shutting up a little bit and, and maybe being a little more sensitive to what's going on on the very day a woman, you know, described in deep detail as groping activities. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you're uh, it, it's horrible. Yeah. I love you for doing uh, Sean, that for Sean, us. You're you. amazing. Hey, hey, and uh, anytime. Thank well you for done. having me, man. Yeah, we appreciate it as always. Joe Pags, thank you, buddy. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I'm blown away. Um, anyway, Mindy is in Michigan. Mindy, how are you? Glad you called. Well, hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, Mindy. What's going on? Well, I wanted to call in regard to Delta's hypocritical position on the IDs and how I am approaching that is I'm a crisis intervention specialist and I fly and I I teach that nationally. I work with first responders. I respond to critical events nationally. So I'm in the air a lot. All right. Um, To fortify that I have over a million sky miles. Okay. Wow. So that just gives you, yeah, that just gives you the dynamic. Now, along with that, um, I have a service dog. Okay. A okay. legitimate service dog. 
And one of the dynamics of flying, as you know, I there's no way that I can get through TSA or get on a plane without having an ID, correct? Correct. So now the this has been part of the agenda with a service dog is you know, Delta wants to know that you have a legitimate because there are a lot of people who try and cheat and take their little foo-foo dogs on planes. But now things have escalated to the point that the United States Department of Transportation Service Animal Air Transportation requires a governmental form of ID for me to prove that my service dog is a legitimate service dog, proof of, of course, vaccination. Well, to use Joe Biden's definition, that's just bringing back Jim Crow, isn't it? There you go. And that's the whole thing, is that um, they're requiring all of these documents, you know, and proof that my service dog is a service dog, but yet we are not willing to... Uh, our, our country's greatest privilege in voting to simply prove that we are who we are to keep our voting um, a legitimate and listen. Equal I, I've gone and through fair. the list. It's almost everything. Now you ask yourself, oh, yeah. why are Democrats willing to even divide the country and play the race card over photo ID and signature verification? Because it's about uh, power. You know, they, they are exactly. desperately trying to manipulate and, and divide the country because at the end of the day, if they get what they want, this is about power to them. And that's why we are where we are. It's that simple. The issue yeah, of service dogs should be a no-brainer. You know, you have a note from your doctor, that should suffice. Uh, but no, they have restrictive photo ID requirements, as you're describing, but... Anyway, thanks for telling us, Mindy. That sheds a lot of light on it. Jake yeah. in San Francisco. What's up, Jake? I'm so honored and surprised that the communist premier of Pelosi and CCP President Newsom allowed me to actually get through outside of the state of California. But I'm really having a hard time, just like the man in New York, with the way that things are and the fact that being a conservative or really just not being a Democrat and bowing down is absolutely something that we're being punished for every single day. Well, you don't have to be punished for being a conservative. Uh, you're talking about, I'm sure, cancel culture and wokeness, and, and they want to silence and shut down. Listen, the fact that, that Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, everybody in between, there there's going to be the rise of alternative media tech outlets over time, it's just going to take time to build them out. There is now there's been a process of of gr a growth process and it's taken longer than anybody, I think, wanted. Parler started, for example, and Rumble started as an antidote to YouTube. Uh, there are other other organizations, groups out there that are, are going to continue building out their systems. And eventually, you know, if we're not wanted on you know, these platforms, that's fine. We'll leave and we'll take our money and we'll take our advertisement and, and we'll go elsewhere. Um, I can accept that people want to, you know, it's, but it's, it runs, it's far more insidious than that in terms of they, they really do want to deplatform conservative voices. 
And it's it's not just Twitter and it's not just Facebook and it's not just these these known entities. It's they go after any any platform, any place, any voice that is conservative. It, it these are nothing but intimidation tactics, all of it. I'm gonna go uh, ahead anyway, and speak in my I, southern I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and speak in my southern voice real quick and say that I'm talking about a bigger issue here. I'm talking about the fact that we cannot even fight human rights for the Uyghurs and not to mention all of the other people in China and elsewhere as well. Yeah, as by the Alex way, Jordan can Obi. I just say something? What, Linda, yes, what did I say when the first thing when this guy got on the line? What did I say in the talk back that our audience can't hear? You said, is this a real accent? And I said, I said this guy's I got know, a phony accent. It didn't sound accent. like that to me. What's with the phony accent, Jake? Why are you calling them phony accents? Because I wanted to try to get Republicans to realize there's never been a more time to speak impeccably and factually. And so that that quite there is my goal. Jake, be real on this show. We try to be real. You don't need to fake it. Okay? All right. You can be yourself. All right. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Governor Abbott joins us exclusively. Our investigative reports from the border continue tonight. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. Dan Bongino, Geraldo Rivera, also Candace Owens, and much, much more. Set your DVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News, on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.